This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 139, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, January the 22nd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 139. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is our reviews episode for the releases that came out Wednesday, January the 22nd. Uh, a lot of comics to come out that came out this past week. Uh, so I think I read about 11 or 12 for the podcast, so let's get right into it. Uh, first up, we have All New Invaders. We have a bunch of uh, All New books this month, uh, sorry, this week. They're all part of the uh, All New Marvel Now um, basically the new initiative that's going on so this all new invaders number one is by james robinson i work by steve Puch or Puch. i'm not really sure it's p-u-g-h um so we have a series bringing together the golden age human torch uh jim hammond as well as uh the former bucky now winter soldier bucky barnes uh captain america and namor and then it looks like we're going to be getting the golden age uh, vision soon as well uh it's uh i like the artwork for the most part um we started the, the book off on uh, Hala, or not Hala, sorry, but we're dealing with the Kree. Um, this is this issue is dominated more by Jim Hammond, the Human Torch, getting a sense of who he is right now, where he's been kind of living currently. Um, we have a flashback that I guess him and uh, Bucky and Namor kind of relive. Uh, he's dealing with this thing that apparently they have uh, scattered across Earth and. Um, the Cree want it, and that's, I mean, there's actually not a lot of forward momentum in the issue. We just got a sense of there's something, some adventure that happened. Uh, they don't really know why the characters don't all remember it, but uh, they ha- the Cree uh, want to get this God's Whisper back, and, and they want to be able to reassemble it so that they can have the power to command the gods, including Hela, etc. Uh, interesting concepts. Uh, I like James Robinson generally as a writer. Uh, I gave it a seven out of ten. It was a good. It was a good start. It wasn't the best start out of the gate, but I did enjoy it. I did find it interesting. I am interested to see what goes on from here. The artwork at times stumbles. I think part of it's that Captain America's costume is very difficult to get right. I think a lot of people try to illustrate it. Um, this week alone, we have uh, this. The artist here struggles a little bit with the bulkiness of it and how it's not really the most uh, elegant uh, design work. Uh, but it's not their fault. It's just that's the way the, the looks right now. Uh, you also have Carlos Pacheco doing it on um, in the Captain, excuse me, the Captain America book, and that's kind of struggles as well. So we'll get there in a minute. Uh, we got all new X Factor number two. Really enjoyed this. I thought it was a again, it's a nice solid book. Uh, I, I would expect nothing less from a team that has Peter David and Carmine Domenico, who I really enjoy as an artist. Um, he's a great storyteller. Obviously, he's he's spe- speeding things up a little here, but his line work is still quite graceful. His storytelling is still quite on point. Peter David's uh, story is, is, you know, maybe there's not a lot of progression here because a lot of it's just a series of action sequences, but um, I just found them really enjoyable. I like Peter David's handle on Gambit as kind of being his perspective, his uh, the character he's kind of telling the story from, the perspective character. Um I love seeing Quicksilver in here and kind of being a dick, but not quite. I love that Peter David's kind of going back to things that he did with Quicksilver not that long ago uh, in the regular, uh, the previous X Factor iteration, and with regards to um, what is it, Abyss and uh, was it not Riptide? Uh, and I forget his name, but Abyss and the the other guy, oh Reaper, Abyss and Reaper, as well as Fatal. Um, 
a lot of this again is is just kind of relatively mindless action but uh good action and i'm looking forward to the next issue just because it has gambit holding a bunch of cats and that seems really strange and weird and i can't wait to see what that's like um sorry all invaders number one i gave a seven this i'm going to give about an eight it's good 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 solid superhero book uh peter david doing what peter david does best fun banter good action um i'm interested to see where they go with developing this team because are these going to be the rest of the members of the team is it going to be reaper and abyss and fatal because if it is those are three characters that have never really been that well uh fleshed out so the idea that they can maybe be protagonists in an ongoing team book is actually really interesting to me um and a nice counterpoint because again peter david likes to use continuity yes in this case it happens to be his own but i just like that he doesn't let things lie quicksilver is might be back to being a hero now for the most part but he was kind of being a dick and a villain like eight year eight nine years ago so i'm interested to see how what he's done before might come back to haunt him and the team so i gave this an eight uh next up is all new x-men 22 point now this is part um sorry is it part one i believe it's part one of the trial of Jean gray uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, artwork by Stuart Immonen. So here, um, I actually really liked how it started, where you kind of get a sense of where all the different characters are right now. Iceman's doing uh, Ice Angels outside. Um, Beast is in a laboratory doing uh, basically what we saw Iron Man kind of constructing in the Heroic Age version of Avengers uh, during the Age of... Not the Age of Ultron, sorry. Um, kind of when they were dealing with Ultron and having this idea that there's a, a map of time and so Beast wants to know why they can't go back in time so he has kind of a, a really cool chalkboard that he's working on which obviously got popularized in, uh, 50, in the 52 weekly series that DC did back in I guess what 2005? Man I feel old or 2006, I think it was 2006 um, you have X-23 and Professor uh, Kitty Pride, which is still weird to see that uh, our training, you have a really awkward but hilarious uh, um, cafeteria exchange between Jean Grey and Cyclops with Angel literally sitting in the middle uh, and half the thing is, is done off screen with a mental a mental discussion or, uh, or snooping in on thoughts and I like that we don't have to see the thoughts, we just see the aftermath of the discussion um, so I really enjoyed that kind of element with the teen intrigue with these characters what I like about this too is that Bendis is really good at teen dialogue and Sometimes I found my problems with his new Avengers is that he made his adults seem like teenagers in terms of how they were relating. So him actually uh, writing kids makes more sense. Um, suddenly Iceman and the rest of the X-Men are under attack by the, the I guess, is it the Shi'ar? Yeah, Shi'ar. Uh, they basically abduct Jean Grey. And then right after this happens, they get a visit from the Guardians of the Galaxy, but they're a few minutes too late as uh, Jean Grey has already been abducted. Uh, and this is leading into the trial of Jean Grey uh, crossover with Guardians. This is a very solid start to the storyline. Arvika, as always, is fantastic. Um, this book remains the jewel of the X-Men line right now. And I give it an 8.5 eight out of 10. Uh, next up is Avengers 25. Uh, I found this a little disappointing. Part of, partly because of the uh, Salvador La Roca artwork. Um, I didn't like the... I didn't really enjoy the 24-point-now issue. And this issue we have... Again, not the greatest artwork by LaRocca, that's the first problem. Uh, we have this idea that a, 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 an alternate version of the Avengers show up from a different reality, uh, and the whole issue starts because one of them's dead, and then we kind of get a flashback to these characters showing up uh, thanks to Ames intervention, and then uh, basically Maria Hill's going to turn to the Avengers to kind of hunt down these alternate versions of the Avengers and prove that it wasn't them. Uh, potentially interesting, especially if it, it seems to be talking about the incursions, but I feel like people who have, haven't been reading New Avengers may not get it the same way. 
Um, I don't know, just something about it. I mean, it was still a good issue. I'm still going to give it, like, I don't know, well, actually, I was going to give it a 6. Um, just because the artwork wasn't really that good, although I think it still is better than LaRocca's artwork on Iron Man, which was more rec- uh, relatively recent. Um, it's just something about this story that felt a little bit off. So I think this issue in the last... I don't know, Hickman hasn't quite nailed it. The script was a little... Something was off, and I can't quite put my finger on it, which is more frustrating, because it's better when you can kind of say, this is why it wasn't enjoyable, but this one I couldn't quite figure out what it was, but something about it just wasn't quite clicking for me. Uh, Next up is Avengers World, number two. Now, this I enjoyed a lot more. I gave this an eight. Uh, It's, I mean, it's basically Avengers, but just a different book for some reason. Uh, A lot of the focus was on Smasher, which I really enjoyed her being in her prison. Um, you also get uh, a little bit of you know Shield and Avengers working together again. A lot of the Smasher's back history is kind of explored as she um, is confronted by one of the AIM scientists. I like how AIM is being used these days, and they're a lot more uh, formidable and interesting. Um, again, a, a lot of it is just you have to kind of be interested in learning more about the Smasher character, and I was, and it was pretty uh, engaging look at her past. Now at the end, it looks like she kind of becomes. A new version of Yellow Jacket, but I'm not really sure if that is always kind of the symbol on her chest, or if it's just what it is here. Uh, I guess it's what I guess it's what it always is, but just the way that it's illustrated here by Caselli looks like um, she's Yellow Jacket. Anyways, I don't really know where they're going with the whole storyline here, but I really enjoyed this issue. Hickman and Spencer really nailed the script. The artwork by uh, by Caselli was fantastic. Even the cover was great, and I love that new Avengers World cover logo. Um, I enjoyed this quite a lot. I gave this an eight and a half. Um, sorry, an eight out of ten. My bad. Uh, next up is Batman number twenty-seven. Ah, <sighs> Batman. Oh, Batman. People really enjoy this, and it's just not for me. Um, Snyder and Capullo continue their run on Batman. I did enjoy this more than previous issues. I'm going to give this probably a, a seven. Um, here we have kind of Batman kind of being outsmarted by the police and the corruption of the police, and then he ends up uh, being saved by uh, Commissioner, well, not Commissioner yet, by James Gordon. James Gordon kind of explains uh, the past, and so we get a different perspective on, obviously, in the last issue, Bruce Wayne thought that uh, Gordon was corrupt, and now we kind of see the reason for that. Um, he wasn't actually corrupt and didn't, and how he's continued to kind of be the most unpopular cop in Gotham. So we're getting the idea that he can actually trust uh, Gordon, um, and that's a lot of what this is about. And then you also have at the end Batman being kind of outthought and outwitted by the Riddler. I'm not, I don't know, I'm I'm cool with that. I, again, I think this is probably the stronger issue than the last few have been. It's just not quite, I don't know, something, again, this is kind of like, as I said with Avengers, it's not quite on point. It's not quite grabbing me the same way I wanted to. I think part of it is that I need to read it all collected when it's all over, but even then, I feel like the storyline is taking, it's, because it's in different acts, I think it's almost working against its momentum for me, Um, and at at a certain point, I'm just kind of like, get to the point, or, I don't know, just having a more concise retelling of the story because it just feels like it's going on forever and I'd rather them be doing a, a current continuity story with these characters because I think that's a lot stronger I think also because they're using the lighter colors, well, this is Capullo he's using lighter colors and a lighter palette it doesn't have the same murky feel and I think I really liked his artwork when it was darker and now that it's lighter I'm not quite as on board um, next up is Batman and Two-Face number 27 sorry Batman and uh, I'm going to give this a 6 I just wasn't all that interested or engaged. This Two-Face story continues to go on. 
Um, get a little bit of a new revisionist history of what Two-Face's uh, origin really is like in the New 52. Uh, Tomasi does a good job writing. I mean, he's a good writer, and Gleason's a good artist, but it, I'm just not all that fond of this Two-Face story and this character that they're involved with. I do like the idea of Batman kind of being on the run with this, you know, mob princess, basically. That part's interesting, and but it's just not quite enough to hold my hold my attention. Again, I guess I'm, this is kind of a common theme this week, is that I'm, I'm just not quite interested enough. Uh, although I'm enjoying it, it's just not quite enough for me. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, next up is Black Widow, number 2. Uh, the first issue was a huge surprise for me. Did not expect to enjoy it. I really, really loved it. This issue continues to be extremely strong. Uh, this series is kind of the surprise series of 2014 so far for me. Just because, for me, I didn't expect a lot from it. Uh, Black Widow, not she's not a great character, but you know, she's had a lot of different versions. I mean, you read her in, like, the early 80s, and she's completely different than she was in the late 80s compared to the mid-90s, compared to the late uh, late 90s, compared to now. Like, it's just so many different versions of that character. Everyone kind of has their own stamp. This is written by Nathan Edmondson, artwork by Phil Noto. Um, I really love Phil Noto's artwork. Um, the story here is incredibly engaging. I, I like that the idea of she's taking these jobs, and then she kind of gets... Uh, here, she, she thinks that she's the one kind of as a hunter, but she quickly becomes the prey as this, it's an excellent action sequence. Um, and I like the, the heaviness of tone that she is doing this atonement. I like that her, uh, her handler, the guy who basically does all the, sets up all the jobs for her. He gets his hands dirty when he needs to. And that was kind of a, a really awesome reveal as well. Uh, this is brilliant stuff. I don't want to give away too much because, uh, it's just a book that needs to kind of be experienced. Maybe the plot isn't the most original, but it's just something about the way that Phil Noto captures the artwork. Uh, the scripting is really, um, I don't know, really engaging. It feels like a movie. Um, this is a book well worth reading, and uh, I cannot recommend this enough. It's just fantastic. Um, next up is Captain America 15. Uh, again, I missed a bunch of issues, but I'm glad I kind of jumped back on. Uh, the Pacheco artwork isn't always to my taste, but for the most part, I've been enjoying it. The whole Nuke storyline I've been really enjoying uh, by Remender. Uh, he's got a great handle on on humanizing the Nuke character. This li this Iron Nail character I don't care as much about, and there's a lot of exposition here with that. But then when you get into the origin of Nuke and him kind of explaining his 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 origins and what he meant like how he became who he is and this kind of revisionist history and getting to know more about Nuke I really really enjoyed and I thought it was the highlight of the issue is what made this issue so strong it, especially the way he he kind of gets along with Captain America because they're these ideals he was he, Nuke was born in the ideals of like watching serial not serials but like li living up to wanting to live up to the example of Captain America and wanting to be this protector and not necessarily a soldier but a protector of American soldiers of uh, the good old boys I thought it was a really good touch of how Remender was writing it what I found distracting though is the art on Nick Fury which makes him look more like the Nick Fury from the movies because of the trench coat, basically, even though he's wearing the uniform that he wears normally in his other appearances in the Marvel Universe. Um, really interested to see what go, where this goes from here. It looks like Nuke dies because he blows up. I thought, again, the whole idea of how he got the name Nuke, how he doesn't want to be thought of that way, and then what happens to him was incredibly strong. Um, Dr. Mindbubble kind of a crazy concept. I'm excited to kind of see what goes on from this because it feels very Remender-ish. Um, 
but I'm digging it. I thought we'd have a little bit more followed of some of the revelations that happened with last issue in terms of uh, the media knowing what's been going on with Cap, but it wasn't really captured here, and there's really no discussion of Zola's daughter at all, but the issue did feel very, uh, besides the long intro with Iron Nail, uh, it did feel very much uh, a concise, focused tale, and I enjoyed that. So I gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is Justice League 27. Uh, it was alright. I mean, I, I was only going to give it a 6.5. Uh, it's by Jeff Johns with artwork, I believe, by uh, Ivan Reyes. Uh, here we have the, the kind of the rise of Cyborg 2.0. You also have... Um, the Doom Patrol kind of going up, or this version of the Doom Patrol going up against uh, Johnny Quick, which I didn't find all that engaging. Um, but really, the highlight of this issue is dealing with Cyborg and creating this new version of the Cyborg, uh, Cyborg 2.0, and it's interesting to see the slimmer down version. He's off the grid. Uh, I do like, there's a few quieter moments where he's like, it's so quiet. And I like that idea that he's been so inundated with information this is Cyborg, obviously, for the last five years, and now he's kind of in a va- in an informationless vacuum, and that's actually kind of nice. It's an interesting humanizing aspect of the character, and we're getting a sense of uh, we're going to be meeting the Metal Man, although it looks like the Metal Man have theoretically failed. Um, the, I think the problem with this book is that because Forever Evil is kind of going on, you can't really have the Justice League, so you keep having a bunch of issues where you're focusing on the CSA or something else, but you're not really on the Justice League proper, and it just kind of feels like spinning its wheels, because the real story has been in Forever Evil, when really, I feel like the main story could have been just been in Justice League, but they wouldn't have had the sales bump, they wouldn't have had an event to kind of pitch to people, so I get from the marketing perspective, but from a storytelling perspective, this series is suffering, because it's not really telling any new, I mean, it's telling new stories, but not of the Justice League, of this one particular character. And in the past few issues, it was more just spotlighting CSA members. So I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. The artwork by Ivan Reyes continues to be fantastic, obviously. Uh, then we have Origin 2, number 2. I almost forgot about this issue completely, and then I was able to read it. Uh, I gave it a 4 out of 10. Didn't very much like it. I just thought it was... The first issue, at least, was a little bit stronger. It had an interesting perspective. It was really belabored the point, but it was at least kind of gorgeous in its own way. This issue by Adam Cooper lacked... It just wasn't the same. Uh, his art wasn't the same. Kieran Gillen's script wasn't the same. Uh, I didn't really care for how um, he, Logan was written. I didn't care for how uh, Essex was written. I'm sorry, Mr. Sinister's involved now. This weird Hunter version of Sabretooth I didn't really like as either. And this, I don't even know who this character is he's supposed to be teaming up with. I just found this was a really hard slog to get through. It doesn't have the grace. It doesn't have the the certain feeling that the original origin had. Uh, it just it just feels very run of the mill. It doesn't feel special. The original one, as much as a lot of people were like, you know, this isn't really Wolverine's origin. It's James Howlett's origin. Um, it, it at least had this something about it. It was the art. It was the colors. It felt like a different type of comic, not what you may have expected, and it was really good. This just isn't doing it for me, and that's why I give it a 4 out of 10. Um, next up is Superior Spider-Man Team-Up number 9. I love this. I gave it a 9 out of 10. The only problem was really how uh, Punisher was illustrated. I found I really hated his portrayal. It just did not work for me. Uh, this issue was written by... Um, uh, it's no longer written by Yost. He's done. Uh, and this actually takes place between uh, Superior Spider-Man 26 and 27, so we haven't even seen 26 yet. Anyway, um, it's written by uh, what, Kevin Shinnick, 
and it's artwork by Marco Cicero. Uh, I love Marco's artwork. Uh, he did Punisher during the Greg Rucker run part of the issues. Um, I think he did the Omega Effect storyline too, and so now we're getting to see those characters all back together again. That's Daredevil, Spider-Man, and Punisher. Punisher, however, is portrayed a little too young. Um, he's not quite as dirty, grizzled, and old as he was when Chichita was illustrating him last. But everything else is fun. But like the costume's the same. It's just he doesn't quite have the same look and the gravitas that he did previously. That being said, it's a really good story of uh, the Punisher needing to find out he's had. A piece of uh, equipment has been kind of taken by Spider-Man because Spider-Man's been uh, stockpiling all this villainous uh, modus operandi um, on Spider Island. So Daredevil and Punisher go back to Spider Island. Spider-Man's kind of showing off on all the new security measures he's got in place. And they go in and they realize that the entire armory's been looted. Um, there's a mole who's working for the Green Goblin who has all these pumpkin bombs kind of attached to him, which is kind of awesome in terms of being a suicide bomber although he loses a finger. Uh, the Green Goblin's got something afoot here, and then it looks like uh, Spider-Man's been betrayed by his own army, who is now clad in uh, tentacle, um, Doc Ock tentacles and Goblin gliders and Vulture's harness and all this other stuff. We'll see why this is quite happening, but it's really kind of interesting to see. Uh, I thought it was a really solid issue. It makes me more excited to read issue 26 of Superior Spider-Man, or really any issue of Superior Spider-Man, because I'm loving that book, uh, the main book anyway. Uh, this is really tight, really strong. It's one of my favorite books of the week. I gave it a 9 out of 10. And last but not least is X-Men number 9. Uh, if this, if Superior Spider-Man team-up wasn't my favorite issue of the week, although it might be, if it's tied, it's tied for this book. Um, X-Men was fantastic. Uh, artwork again by the Dodsons with, uh, Brian Wood, uh, writing. We have, uh fantastic story we have uh, at the beginning what uh psylocke and storm meeting up with sabra and uh what's his name gabriel shepherd who i feel like i should remember who that is but i can't quite figure out who that is exactly but uh we can continue in the archaea storyline intertwined with uh, lady deathstrike uh you have sublime trying to get through to rachel and how important this is that they get archaea uh you have monet streaking into dubai and attacking a building and then we kind of go back in time and we see what led up to this so you have enchantress typhoid mary and um and uh, lady deathstrike all kind of working together and the archaea uh possesses one of the uh the i guess people that was working for Deathstrike. Then you have the X-Men sending Monet into Dubai, and it was really badass because she's going so fast. She, you know, She's trying to pick out which building she's supposed to hit. She just smashes into the building completely. Uh, there's just something about how Brian Wood manages the tone here. He, sometimes his action isn't quite as tightly plotted as you would expect from other writers, or it's where that you get from other writers, but here I just thought it was extremely, extremely well done. The entire issue had a real breakneck pace, um, I love the characterization. The artwork is actually really fantastic, and at times doesn't even feel like Dodson's in the best way possible. Because sometimes their stuff can look a little cheesecakey here. Sorry, cheesecakey, but here it doesn't. It looks a lot more solid. I love the way Monet is being written here. Um, perfectly on point with her previous characterization, yet still perfect. Um, absolutely love this. So I gave this a, a 9 out of 10. So the stuff I didn't get a chance to read this week include the following, Animal Man 27, Batman 66 number 7, Batman Beyond Universe number 6, Batwoman 27, Birds of Prey 27, Cable and X-Force 29, I believe Birds of Prey was a Gothtopia storyline but I didn't really care about reading it, 
Uh, Cataclysm Ultimate X-Men 3, FF16. I do intend to go back and read the entire run at some point, just not yet. Uh, George Romero's Empire of the Dead, Act 1, Number 1, Green Lantern, New Guardians 27, Harley Quinn, Number 2, uh, Hawkeye 16, uh, didn't get a chance, Indestructible Hulk 18.inh, Iron Man 20.inh, Marvel Knights X-Men Number 3, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man 22, Mighty Avengers 5.inh, Red Hood and the Outlaws 27, Scribble Knots Unmasked Crisis of Imagination, I don't know what number it was, uh, Supergirl 27, Trinity of Sin, Pandora Number 7, uh, Wolverine and the X-Men 40, and Wonder Woman 27. A brief look at next week's comics that are coming out on the 29th. Uh, things that I'm looking forward to include the Batman and Robin Annual Number 2, um, We've got uh, Damien, Son of Batman, number four. I'm not really looking forward to it, but it's coming to an end, so that's something. Uh, Flash 27, uh, Earth 2 Annual, number two. I got Green Lantern Corps Annual, number two. Um, I didn't read New Guardians, actually, that came out. I don't know if it, this week, because I just found up all the Green Lantern books. That's the one I don't really care about. Uh, just as like, Dark 27 comes out next week, etc. Uh, on the Marvel side next week, actually, on the, on the Image side next week, we have Saga, number 18. Uh, as well as East of West number 9. On the Marvel side, we have coming out The Avengers Assemble 23.9H. Um, let's see, Cable and X-Force Volume 3, Trade Paperback. You have the next chapter of the Guardians of the Galaxy crossover with all new X-Men and Guardians of the Galaxy 11.9, uh, sorry, point now. Inhumanity number 2, we'll see if I care this time. Uh, I didn't care so much last time. Uh, you have Superior Carnage coming out in trade, which is nice. Superior Spider-Man 26, I'm super pumped for. Uh, you got Thunderbolts, number 21, coming out as part of the old new Marvel Now. A new issue of Uncanny Avengers, finally, number 16. And you have, for those uh, of fans of Warlock or Jim Starlin, they're both, you have the Warlock by Jim Starlin Complete Collection coming out. Uh, one other, actually, going back on trades, actually, some of them came out this week. There was a few. There was X-Factor by Peter David Complete Collection. If I didn't have 21 volumes of the... Uh, regular trades, I would have bought this instead because it's a fantastic series. Uh, Incredible Hulk Volume 3 hardcover smash time, sorry, Indestructible Hulk, sorry, came out as well as the first trade of the uh, paperback collection of Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, for those who didn't buy the hardcovers. And also we had uh, the Wolverine by Hama and Sylvester paperback Volume 2. And uh, what I'm most excited for finally getting from uh, Amazon in a few weeks is the X-Men Street Paperback Road to Onslaught Volume 1, which I'm super pumped for. Anyways, thank you for listening to the this uh, episode. This has been episode 139, the reviews episode for comics that came out Wednesday, January the 22nd. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Thanks again for joining me. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, or you can uh, post in the HTRealms threads that we put up for the show, and also rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>